0: I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series. We talked with John Hoffman, who is the branch manager of Atlantic and Southern Equipment, who at the time of recording was watching floodwaters rise after Hurricane Florence hit the East Coast. Hoffman is based at the Goldsboro, North Carolina location near the Neuse River. Flood stage is 18 feet, and the river had reached 27 feet, with record height being 29.7 feet. This podcast is brought to you by Yanmar. I encourage you to subscribe to this series, which is currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. You will then receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. Thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. Yanmar makes all its compact tractors, major drivetrain components all in-house. Your customers get a hard-working machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Strengthen your dealership today with Yanmar. Email them at agmarketing at yanmar.com or call 770-877-9894. Researchers from Colorado State University forecast an above average total of 14 named storms, seven hurricanes, and three major hurricanes for the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season. John Hoffman and the team from Atlantic and Southern has faced major storms and hurricanes before. Let's listen in as he explains what they do to protect their facility and inventory while still serving customers who need them as they also cope with severe weather.
1: Of course, we all watch the weather and hurricanes are nothing new to us up there. We just went through a uh, major hurricane two years ago where the store flooded and we had about three and a half foot of water inside the main building. So it was quite extensive. So every time a hurricane comes up, everybody's ears kind of perk up, but we started looking at it. I guess it would have been, um, all the week of the third, you know, the fourth, um, right after labor day, you know, there started to be some indications that there was, you know, a hurricane coming or a tropical storm on the Friday of the 7th, you know, I met with my staff up there in Goldsboro. We talked about it. I mean, basically, it's it's really just kind of second nature. Okay, if it comes up, you know, we've got this, 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 and this. As it looked like it was getting a little bit stronger on the ninth, I talked with our president, Steve Evans, here in Atlanta, and uh, he basically sent out an all-hands-on-deck letter email to pretty much everybody in the company targeted toward mainly our Goldsboro staff you know really we have maybe six or seven main main things that you know going away from the last storm and and you know having a chance to think about it you know we put together a list of of items and again not in any particular order but for example when this when the water comes up you know we, we we have sand we bring in sand we bring in plastic to block the doors and the you know seal the, any openings that, that there might be again it doesn't keep out a lot of water but it will keep out water that may just be splashing in or things like that. Again, just one of many things. We've already got a plan together for which parts. I mean, we pretty much know that the top end of a storm is going to be 29 foot crest, which is what it was the last time. It doesn't get any higher than that, but if it does get that high, we've essentially got three and a half foot of water in the main building. So what we've done is we've basically pulled all the parts that are in bins below three foot, Um, maybe even a little higher than that because the bins don't measure exactly, but we took all the desks, anything office related, anything that'll move off the floor and out of the building in the service shop. We took all the parts, special tooling, everything, and either put it up or uh, into, uh, we took it out and put it into semi-trailers, which we had parked outside we brought in two semi-trailers, which are plenty high up off the ground to, to keep us up and out of there. So we did the office items, both, in the office, in the parts department, in the service area. Of course, all of the staff pulled together for this. We even brought some additional people up out of our other stores, but that all started on Monday, which would have been the 10th. Uh, Again, the storm was, was supposed to really hit ground about between Wednesday and Thursday. So by mid afternoon, Wednesday, we were pretty much done with everything we had planned to do, um, including the items that we'd already mentioned. Of course, we also had to take a look at any uh, customer units that were in the shop, um, finish up what we could, make arrangements with the customers for either us to deliver equipment or them to come pick it up. There were a few items and large tractors that were split uh, for some engine work. We were able to lift them and block them. So even if the rain did come up, it wouldn't wouldn't get into anything that would damage them. Of course, anything outside that wasn't tied down, we made sure that it was, you know, spare tires, you know, big big tractor tires, We either loaded them up and put them on trailers or we uh there was actually even a set of tires that we put log chains around it and uh you know hooked it to a big uh engine block that was outside making sure that they didn't wash away of course you empty all your garbage things like that anything that could get get water in it and start floating around all the external oil waste containers those were all emptied so there's really nothing that could uh you know cause a harmful spill or something like that so again even all the way down to making plans to shut off the electricity at the last minute. We didn't want to do it too soon because we wanted to keep our security system going right up until the last minute when the water started coming up. So the rain started late Wednesday, rained a bit Thursday, and then it pretty much rained all weekend. Not sure exactly how much rain they got there, but we got anywhere between 24 and 30 inches of rain near the Goldsboro area. And again, a lot of that rain was in our area and to the south. So again, some of the some of the problem was the river backing up from the coast, going uh, east to west. Some of it was rain coming down the river, coming west to east. But either way, it's it kind of a bottleneck right there uh, south of Goldsboro. So it wasn't a surprise. That's one thing about a hurricane: that uh, you've got days and days to plan, and then it's just a matter of waiting to see how high it's going to be. And of course, we were looking at the weather forecasts. We were getting updates from the local authorities there on what they thought it was going to crest. I can't tell you how lucky I feel right at this moment. If something doesn't change, the water, it appears stopped about three inches from being high enough to go into our building. That's where we're sitting right now. Again, that's pretty darn lucky. You know, flood stage is 18 foot. We're at about 26 foot right now. And like I said, probably three years ago when we had the deep flood, it was about 29 foot. So we are right, right at the edge right now.
0: And it looks like at this point, then, you're thinking things are, have stabilized in terms of the rising water, and it's just a matter of, of waiting for the water to recede. Is that right?
1: Yeah, the water level right now, and we've been watching it again on the, I guess it would be the weather.gov site, but like I said, we're at about 26-foot flood stage right now, and uh, it hasn't really moved for about 12, 12 hours, 15 hours. This is about a foot and a half less than what they thought it was going to be, which is a good thing for us. But again, we're, we have high hopes, but we're not uh, we're not thinking we're out of out of trouble just yet. You know, there still could be some unforeseen circumstances, some dams break upstream, things like that that could bring it up. But uh, right now, we're we're thinking we're pretty good. And so you
0: talked about moving things up. Um, so did you use, you know, parts and things like that? Did you use shelving, uh, pallets? You know, how did you get it high enough and, and stable enough?
1: Well, a um, couple different things. We have a second floor in our main building, which did used to house parts. It really doesn't anymore, but we were able to take the, the shelving out of our, out of our bins Pull the bottom three levels out, you know, these are long rows of bins, but you can pull them out You can stack them on pallets of course using the uh, Forklift lift them up and they slide right into the second level up above the parts area Some of the items that we we didn't take up there. We we parked we actually got two semi-trailers We parked one right outside the parts area and one right outside the service area so either we put them up on the second floor, or we put them into the back of these semi trailers that were parked right outside the building. But yeah, most of it went onto pallets for pretty, pretty easy, pretty easy moving when you've got the, the forklift and other equipment.
0: Right, and then now, do you have a, a showroom where you were, you know, having to move um, supplies and and merchandise? Um, did that go in semis as well?
1: Yes, it did. Yep. You bet. We shrunk wrapped. We wrapped everything. As a matter of fact, you know, big long shelves of, if you can imagine, display with toys on it or oil or batteries or PTO shafts. We we basically just wrapped it in, hard, in plastic, round, round, round. And then, uh, you know, they're on wheels anyway, these roller round displays. And we were able to go in there, lift them with a the forklift, take them outside and put them right up on the truck and move them right to the back. So it worked worked very well. I can't tell you how how easy it is once you've been through something like this like we were two years ago when we went to to redisplay the building at that point everything we kept in mind what if we have to do this again so again I can't I don't want to say it was an easy process but it seemed very easy compared to the mess we ended up with two years ago
0: and then what about things like uh, you know computers and and files and paperwork and you know backing up data um, did you have a You know, a process in place for that? Did everybody handle their own, you know, work site? How how did that work?
1: Well, when we got together on Monday, it would have been Monday the tenth. We just basically got everybody in the store together and a few of the people that had come up from our other stores and and went through, you know, everything that some of what we've already discussed, some of what what you're asking about now. Each person took uh, pretty much responsibility for their own equipment. So again, I. I basically had my stuff backed up. The good thing is we're on our, our company network. So all of our files are pretty much backed up anyway. And that's Kelly tractor down in Miami is our, is our corporate owner. So the data from the, from the store standpoint is all backed up from a personal standpoint. Um, we made sure that everybody had USB sticks that they could put on their PCs to back up any personal data. But then at that point, like me, I just unpacked it all. I carried it upstairs you know, put it in my little area of the second level. As far as the desks, we unloaded all of the files out of the desks. Again, you can imagine there's not a lot of paper anymore in the business. A lot of it is done on computers. There's not a lot of paper, but what we did have, I was either putting it on a pallet out in the middle of the showroom, which that stuff was eventually lifted up to the second store and and moved in. Um, All of the desks themselves, you know, they're pretty simple. They were just disassembled. In other words, you just took two pieces apart, carried them out to the showroom, brought in the forklifts, took them out and put them on a trailer outside. So there was literally, literally nothing left in the showroom or in any of the offices, It's not a single piece of furniture.
0: Wow, that is a, that's moving, moving pretty fast. So you're doing all of this and you're preparing and then are you still having customers coming in as you're moving things out and how are you handling that?
1: Yeah, surprisingly, there were a lot of customers coming in, and and some of them had, you know, good reason. You know, they had a tractor. They needed it uh, to help them, you know, move their stuff at their property, at their farms. We were able to stay pretty much in in full business right up through Wednesday when we had all of our stuff packed up. There were times when a customer would come in, and we'd have to actually go out back, climb up in a truck, and dig for the part that they needed, but it wasn't really that hard. And what made it really easy was come the end of the day on Wednesday when we basically – unplugged all of our stuff. We just flipped the phone system over to our corporate phone system where all the calls started ringing down at our Tifton, Georgia location. And uh, they were taking those calls. In that case, a lot of times it would have to be a part shift directly to the customer. But again, it there were no issues with that at all. So it worked very smooth. They were able to explain to the customers what was going on. And, and again, most of the customers that would come in, they're going through the same thing we are. So... It was no big surprise. I mean, everybody felt like, you know, we're all in this together.
0: And so if they're coming in and your computers are all packed up, are you then going back to paper invoices or, or how are you tracking business?
1: We didn't pack up the, the parts counter computers until the very last minute. That was one of the last things to get unplugged before we basically shut the shut the lights out.
0: We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Yamar for making this program possible. Yamar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, John Huffman has talked about the team effort to pack up and move inventory, such as by using pallets to raise up inventory, moving inventory to its second floor, bringing in semis to store equipment and moving equipment to nearby locations. The store stayed open until the last moment when they switched off the electricity and rerouted calls to another location. Let's get back to the discussion to see how the dealership starts resuming business after floodwaters recede. Okay, and so now you're at the point where you're watching for the water to recede, and knowing where things, how things have gone in, in past storms, what happens now in terms of when you start moving things back in, how you go about resuming business?
1: Well, really, it's I don't want to make it sound trivial, but it's going to be pretty simple. As we pack things in, for example, all the desks were labeled which offices they came out of, so we know whose desk is whose, all the computer systems, everybody knows where their stuff is the the parts bins were all labeled so when they when they come out of the truck or when they come down out of the second level you know we just put them back in very organized right back in the same uh, just a reverse order of, of we what we took them out of course the stuff that includes the fast moving parts is is closer to the to the back of the truck if you will so it'll get unloaded first showroom items are very accessible so they'll go back in real quickly the bigger, heavier stuff that we don't sell a lot of, that'll be some of the last stuff to, to get put back to where it was. I really think I mean as soon as the water goes down and the, the roads open back up and we basically open the gates back up, I mean we'll be in business in little or no time.
0: One thing I didn't ask about earlier is just the you know, the inventory that you would have had on the lot. Did you transport that to different stores or you know, what did you do with, you know, your tractors and other large inventory?
1: Well the Again, this, this hasn't been a something we haven't gone through. Um, we took all of our small stuff, our zero turn mowers, our small compact tractors, and we basically drove them a quarter mile across the field, neighboring our property. There's a public tire warehouse down there, very large. We just ran all of our small equipment up into there. They had already offered for us to basically give our small stuff refuge during the storm. So they were all inside dry out of the weather. The large stuff, we had, uh, this is what we had done last time as well. We had talked to the fare manager. The The fair property is just like three miles down the road from us. They gave us a key. We basically just started driving our large equipment down there. Of course, there's things we had to do first. We had to, you know, get fuel put into everything, you know, make sure everything was, you know, ready to, to run. But then we just basically made convoys of equipment driving it to three miles south. You know, like I said, it was a... A locked in area where the fairgrounds are, and we drove our stuff into the grandstand area, lined it all up when we were done, locked it up, and
0: Well, that's really great that you have you know partnerships with some of these spaces and organizations so that you know you can turn to them
1: yeah, that's that is that is very nice we've We've been very lucky that way, and again, I guess you you make your own luck and we try to treat them well as well. Um, ironically, the county fair starts this coming Wednesday when we would be moving a lot of equipment down there anyway. Now, depending on what what happens with the weather, I'm not talking tomorrow, Wednesday, I'm talking a week from tomorrow, but kind of ironically, when we go to move stuff back, we may very well be able to leave several pieces of equipment there, which we would have taken there for the fair anyway. And I'd, I'd also like to add our from our salespeople to our service staff to our parts staff, even in these days, you know, like Thursday and Friday when the store was closed, you know, everybody's still wanting to do their part. You know they may not be there selling parts or repairing equipment but they were actually in addition to helping their own families prepare i mean that was always key you know they, they needed to have time to do that as well but even over the weekend they were they were calling customers asking you know is there anything that, that we can do to help either whether it be now or after the storm i mean i talked to our service manager yesterday the water's still coming up well he's off you know a couple hours up north where there is no flood you know, evaluating tractors out in the field. His field service technicians were out doing their work, you know, repairing what they could. It really didn't stop that part of it. And like I said, our, our parts manager was calling good customers, you know, finding out how bad, you know, it was going to affect their, you know, their property, their, their farms. And again, offering our assistance if need be after the, after the storm. So, you know, they were keeping busy. Like I said, our salesmen were calling, customers not to sell something, but again, just to touch base and let them know we're still there.
0: Now, so it sounds like in terms of repairs to your own building or, you know, any of your equipment, that would, sounds like it'll be minimal if, if anything. Is that right?
1: Again, I don't want to, I don't want to minimalize anything, but you know what, knock on wood, I I don't think we're going to have hardly any damage. I mean, the, the building that we're in is an old, old block building. What drywall or, or things like that, that would have been in it, we're all taken out after the last storm so essentially you've got a painted concrete building and the floors are painted i mean obviously if water got in we would have to go in and clean it out but as of this storm i don't really know of any damage in the building and very little damage outside of the building i mean we don't have a lot of um roof damage i mean all of that was pretty well shored up after the last storm and like I said, I I can't, you know, foresee anything right now that we're going to have any major repair expenses to.
0: Very, very good. And then learning from the last year's storm, what do you expect to see come in for repairs? And are you seeing where your customers have done similar kind of, uh, you know, preparation for the storm? Or, you know, what do you expect to have come in for damage? You know, I don't expect
1: we're going to have a lot of you know, for example, damaged tractors that would have gotten cut out in the field and gotten flooded. I just, I just don't see a lot of that coming in. I mean, these, these folks in uh, North Carolina are pretty resilient, especially in the eastern part of the state. This is fairly common like, that they have these storms and they, they pretty much keep their stuff out and about where it's not going to get, you know, damaged by the, the storm itself. Now, of course, they may have a lot of property damage, um, buildings, trees, you know, crops. And again, that's going to be very severe and and costs costly. But from an equipment standpoint, I don't see a lot coming in as a result of the storm.
0: Then are you looking to bring in um, some extra inventory to help with some of that cleanup? Um, or did you you know have enough on hand, do you think?
1: Well, we first of all, we do have a lot of inventory on hand. But if that were needed, I, d- I don't recall there being a lot of that need. Of course, you know, you know, if people need something, we bring it in. We can bring it in overnight. We can bring equipment in from other stores, um, from either our locations or nearby dealer locations. But, again, I don't foresee being a large need to, to bring in a lot of extra stuff for cleanup. You know, the local authorities, you know, have they have all the tree trimming equipment and all of the stuff that's really needed. You know, there's not a lot that we would have in inventory that our customers may need anyway.
0: I did want to ask about trade-ins as well. So you're you're not expecting, you know, a whole bunch of tractors to be coming in that you have to try and figure out if you want to take a, a trade on a, a damaged tractor. Then that's probably not that big of an issue.
1: It's not, but I sure wish it would happen. I'd love for them to bring in and bring in some some trade-ins for us to to take in. Um, but I just don't see that as being a, a huge trigger, you know, post-storm.
0: Okay. And then I know you've said that you've learned a lot from the last storm and done a lot of prep to this location. Is there anything that your company might be considering just to, you know, further weatherproof this building, you know, maybe even moving to a new location? You know, anything that you would have learned from this storm? You know, there's,
1: of course, all of us think that we all have a lot of bright ideas and we bounce them around constantly. Um, You know, different things that we could do. From, from building a big mound in the back part of our property to, you know, put equipment up on, even though that doesn't seem very realistic. So, you know, having an off-site, you know, a permanent location. We've even talked about, you know, are we in the right location? Um, you know, you're always bouncing these things around. And, you know, there's trade-offs one way or another. We like where we're at. We like the neighbors. You know, we like our ease of access to where we're located. We just don't like that it's on a low-lying area. But again, we're we're constantly looking at different things that we can do. And I'm sure once this this storm goes by and we have a chance to sit back and look at it, you know, there certainly will be takeaways, you know, even as prepared as we think we were and we were, you know, there'll be some things that we'll say, you know what, next time uh, we need to be able to do this and this and this. Just like from the last time we learned things that helped us this time, we'll learn things this time that'll help us for the next one.
0: And then in terms of the, you know, working through any claims from, you know, this storm or any other storm, is there anything that, you know, you can share with dealers about, you know, the process of working with an insurance company on some of these large events to, you know, either make sure they have the right coverage or, or what they need to do to support their claims? You know, any advice for dealers on that end?
1: You know, that that's not been a problem for us. We're self-insured in a lot of instances on on property. As far as equipment, you know, all of that would either be our insurance or the manufacturer insurance, which again is, this is no different than, a, you know, a small one-off claim. You know, you, you have the right, you have the right insurance in the first place, and then, uh, you know, everything needs to be very well documented. We took pictures of everything as we were preparing, as we were taking things down, as before we closed up, before the storm, we took pictures of everything as it was. So, you know, if later on, you know, there was a question about, you know, some damage that was caused during the storm, we would have the before and after. But, again, I think from an insurance standpoint, that's not been an issue for us at all. Of course, it is very important, and every dealership is going to be different. But, you know, I'd highly recommend everybody make sure that they talk to their insurance companies about what is needed, you know, for that. But for us in particular, it's not been a problem. It really hasn't.
0: Any other comments that you wanted to share about this particular storm or anything in particular re- related to preparing for an emergency like this?
1: For me, I'm the branch manager there. I've been, have been for a little over a year. I wasn't the branch manager when we had the last storm, but I was working out of our Atlanta office. And uh, what I was amazed at this time is, is, first of all, the preparedness that the people already had in their head, things that needed to be done. There was no question Everybody just pretty much knew what they needed to do and how they needed to do it, and they just jumped right in. It was really uh, again, it was really the people that that made this all a pretty simple process. I mean it's not like you were having to to make people do something you know, that they weren't weren't ready or weren't uh willing to do um so again, all I can say is you you have the right people there at the store with the right attitude with the right uh you know. Desire to work together; it does make it pretty simple and painless, and and I think it's going to be the exact same way as we go to put things back after the storm. Everybody's key, all the way from you know the newest technician to the oldest salesman.
0: Thank you again to John Hoffman for sharing the emergency preparedness strategies they follow at their dealership. We learned the building had flooded after our conversation, but they don't expect damage thanks to their cement block walls and floors and their preparations. We send out good thoughts to them and all the dealers in the path of storms. Please stay safe. Again, thank you to our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. Please share your feedback on today's program by sending me an email to lwolf at lessetermedia.com or call me at 316-648-3717. And keep up on the latest Rural Equipment news and trends by registering online for our daily e-newsletter and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from experts and dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf and thanks for listening.